Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. It is Monday, the 18th day of April, 2022. I've been away for a few days on some well-deserved R&R. I want to thank Chris for the wonderful invitation to a massive crawfish boil and Easter festivities. And to my mom for also making a wonderful pork roast. I was just too damned full from the crawfish feast to eat. My apologies, but the leftovers, mm, very good. There's a lot to talk about today, the 18th day of April 2022. We are 15 months into the Joe Biden disastrous presidency, and the headlines are all abuzz. Let's see what we can find. Democrats slam the GOP for their income tax for all plan that could hike income taxes for tens of millions of Americans. You mean the tens of millions who don't pay a single penny? Yes, it's time for them to do what the Democrats have said all along. Pay your fair share. Think about it. The people on the bottom of the income scale, those with minimum wage jobs, they make money. They still get all of the benefits of the government, the Social Security, supplemental income, the food stamps, the WIC, the welfare, the Section 8 housing. And they have some income from earning a living at whatever menial job they perform. And they pay zero income taxes. Yet they can still drive on the same roads, ride the same public transit, attend the same public schools, get the free medical care because they're poor, have all the same benefits that you and I are supposed to receive, you know, like protection by our military from foreign invaders, with an asterisk there, of course, we're not protected from the foreign invaders at our southern border. Thanks, Gropey Joe. They get all the benefits of police and fire and all of the other things that our government uses people who pay taxes money to pay for. But the Democrats, according to the New York Daily News, are slamming Republicans for their income tax for all plan. They say tax day, today the official income tax filing deadline, April 18th, 2022, they spent the day putting up ads bashing Republicans over a proposal by Senate leaders which would simply mandate that all Americans pay some income tax. That plan, of course, would raise income tax on tens of millions of people who don't pay a dime. Senate Republican plan, raise your taxes, reads the message on billboards in Miami and Orlando near the Florida offices of Rick Scott the head of the Senate GOP campaign arm. Nora O'Keefe is a spokesperson for the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee and writes, if Senate Republicans have their way, hardworking Americans, including seniors, families with children, and individuals making less than $40,000 a year would have to pay income taxes. Oh, God, heaven forbid. Actually, it says would have to pay more when they file their income taxes today. The ads also targeted Marco Rubio, who's battling to win re-election, and Ron Johnson, because those individuals are prime targets for Democrats. These billboards are the latest moves from Senate Democrats to try and saddle the entire GOP with Scott's plan, which he issued in his individual capacity, not as an official Republican leader. The Republican Party in general has tried to distance the party from that plan, which would raise taxes and supposedly undermine Social Security and Medicare. 
Scott says everyone should pay income taxes because every American needs to have skin in the game. And I agree with him wholeheartedly. Or Mitch McConnell says we will not have as part of our agenda a bill that raises tax on half the American people or sunsets Social Security and Medicare within five years. Well, here's the deal, though, folks. Latasha, Ladasha, Lanisha, Laquanta, Laquinta, and LaJonsa working over there at the Burger King. They're making an income. They need to pay taxes on their income. Period. Sorry, it's the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts. We're talking about the headlines over the weekend. The Independent writes, Easter Bunny appears to direct Joe Biden away from an Afghanistan question at a White House event. I wonder who was dressed up as the Easter Bunny. Gropy Joe appeared to be directed away from answering a question about Afghanistan by the Easter Bunny on Monday. While chatting with visitors at the annual White House Easter Egg Roll event, the unlikely chaperone sidled up right next to him. Footage shows a person in a bunny suit seeming to pull Mr. Biden away in the middle of a sentence as he was discussing Pakistan and Afghanistan. Other clips show the Easter Bunny speaking to the president as he greets families at the event. That's funny. The puppet Joe Biden being led around by a guy in an Easter Bunny suit. Social media, of course, lit up with comments suggesting the Easter Bunny was acting as Mr. Biden's handler. Republican Senator Josh Hawley's press secretary tweeted, Why is the Easter Bunny directing the President of the United States? The bunny had intervened as Mr. Biden started to ramble on incoherently about Afghanistan. Probably the smartest thing the Easter Bunny could have done. Republican Jake Schneider uh, tweeted, Even the Easter Bunny knows not to let Joe Biden talk about foreign policy. Discussion about Biden's mental capacity is a popular subject. And the big mystery about who was inside the bunny suit appeared to be solved by social media sleuths. Personally, I thought it was Barack Hussein Obama. Angela Perez, White House Assistant Press Secretary, tweeted a photo of herself in a bunny suit an hour before the event. Gropy Joe and First Lady Jill Biden welcomed 30,000 guests to the annual White House Easter Egg Roll, which, of course, was canceled last year due to the overhyping of the pandemic. This clown, not the Easter Bunny, but Joe Biden, is a menace to our nation and to our national security. An Easter Bunny. Go figure. Now, this story in Politico caught my attention. Biden's been consumed by Ukraine. His team wants to bring the focus back home. Really? Now, think about this, Biden's team. Just think about this for a minute. You would rather him be focused on the southern border crisis that he has made 100 times worse than when Donald Trump had the border under control? You want him to stop focusing on the Ukraine and start focusing on his economic disaster that has caused massive inflation, empty shelves, Joe, a fuel energy crisis, A taking of the United States away from energy independence? You want the focus to be on the massive crime wave running through the United States since Joe Biden took office? The massive inflation? How about the Afghanistan withdrawal that saw 13 American service members senselessly killed? The rest of the world might not allow it, but Joe Biden 
wants to return his focus to his own disastrous handling of the United States. With the war in Ukraine now entering month two and continuing to dominate global headlines, the White House people are expressing concerns that the voters sees the president to be more consumed by international affairs than the disaster he has created here at home. The White House is keenly aware that voters' perceptions about the economy will likely determine the outcome of the midterm elections in November, and it's all Joe Biden's doing. It's his inflation, it's his empty shelves, it's his massive gasoline price increases. And it's not just gasoline, it's furniture, it's food, it's fuel, it's medical care, it's automobiles, it is everything. And as those people in the White House watch the president's poor polling numbers, two senior administration officials say there is a concerted effort being launched to reemphasize to Americans that Joe Biden understands their pain and wishes to help. This next few weeks, Joe Biden is set to travel more inside the country and stress that the Russia's invasion is not a far-off crisis, but one with deep economic ramifications. He's going to continue to try and tell the stupider half of the American population that these economic issues are Vladimir Putin's fault, not Joe Biden's fault. Celinda Lake is a veteran Democratic pollster, and she says, Voters, as sympathetic as they are to Ukraine, are getting a little fatigued and they're wondering, we're spending all this money abroad, but what are we spending here at home? We need to stop spending, period, ma'am. Tell that to Joe Biden. We need to stop spending money and raising taxes and raising taxes and raising taxes. Celinda Lake says it was imperative that the president spend seven months remaining before the midterms explaining his record and promising to do more because, she says, half the voters still don't know what Biden has accomplished to date. Here's a hint, Ms. Lake. He has not accomplished anything positive at all since taking office. Nothing. She claims they don't know what's in the infrastructure package. Why don't they know, Ms. Lake? Because the Democrats refused to tell anyone what was in the infrastructure package. Remember? You got to pass it before you can know what's in it. Typical Democrat playbook stuff. When Republicans like Steve Scalise tried to read out what was in the package, all of the senseless, useless spending that had nothing at all to do with infrastructure, you Democrats shut that process down. Don't you remember that? Perhaps it's time the Republicans remind everyone in America that that's exactly the subterfuge that was going on at the time. They don't know the executive orders that Joe Biden has taken on inflation, Miss Lake said, referring to COVID stimulus money that was sent to states and the $1 trillion plus so-called infrastructure law that was supposed to do what? Rebuild roads and bridges and more? But it was also going to tell you that you had to teach kindergartners that you can be a boy and still be a girl, or you can be a girl and still be a boy, or talk about critical racist theory. The scope of Biden's presidency will be impacted by Democrats' ability to keep control of both chambers of Congress. You and I know that that is very unlikely unless they cheat again in the elections. 
The war in Europe will continue to dominate this current period of time, but aides don't want Biden to put all of his attention there. Newsflash, Biden aides. He doesn't have any attention span whatsoever. This article continues to say, the war in Europe will continue to dominate Biden's time, but aides do not want it to occupy all of his attention. His attention? The man has the attention span of a gnat. Some of Biden's advisors believe they need only look across the Atlantic to find a warning sign of a president perceived to be too focused, too much on global diplomacy and not enough on domestic pocketbook issues. They look over to France and see French President Emmanuel Macron prioritizing trying to negotiate with Putin that he's neglected domestic issues and that has made his polling numbers head to the toilet. It looks as if refocusing on domestic issues is what the White House is hoping will make Biden look more presidential. The White House is eyeing tangible, fast actions to tackle kitchen table issues. Number one, of course, inflation, which Joe Biden caused and is trying to blame on Putin. Remember this month, Biden issued executive orders allowing the use of an ethanol blend to further pollute our atmosphere. Way to go with your Green New Deal, Mr. Biden, putting that more polluting ethanol blend into the air in the spring and summer months. And you think that's going to lower gas prices? Well, it might drop him a penny, a nickel, or a dime. And guess what? He's also trying to jumpstart a new regulation for Obamacare to fix what is called the family glitch. That big mistake put into Obamacare, which allows lower health insurance costs for millions to never have been realized. Late last week, the uh, administration announced plans to resume the sale of leases for oil and gas drilling. Too little too late, I say. If you hadn't screwed up our wonderful energy independence from the day you put your hand on the Bible, Gropey Joe, we would not be in the situation we have found ourselves in here in the U.S. Having gone overseas to address the conflict in Ukraine, Biden, for the first time in weeks, boarded Air Force One to promote steps he claims to have taken to battle inflation and the economic impact of that war. Last week, he traveled all the way to Iowa to promote an effort to lower gas prices. Then he traveled to North Carolina to tout measures he thinks will ease supply chain bottlenecks. If you hadn't screwed up the economy so badly to begin with, Joe Biden, you wouldn't be out right now flying all over the place trying to put out the fires that you set. He's unveiled finalized regulation to curb the rise in gun violence across the country. You know what that means? That's code words for they're coming to take away your guns, Americans. This event came a week after a mass shooting in Sacramento, California, and of course, a day before one man opened fire on a Brooklyn subway in New York, where they have the strictest gun laws in America. Do you not see the irony? Do you not see the ridiculousness? What are you going to do? Sign another piece of paper making something else illegal? And yet, people are illegally using illegal guns in New York with the tightest gun laws in the country? Come on, man. Biden will be hitting the road soon to visit New Hampshire, Oregon, Washington State, 
and he's going to highlight a couple of new infrastructure projects and tout something he calls cost-saving efforts for families. He's going to unveil a police reform executive action and take another shot at passing a revamped version of his failed Build Back Broke, uh, Build Back Better proposal, supposedly aimed at combating climate change, but he just released the ability to pollute even greater by selling that ethanol blend through the summer months. That's not doing too good for the climate change, Mr. Biden. Aides want Biden to hit the road to pitch health care cost-cutting measures and climate change so that he looks like he's empathizing with the struggles of the average American. But his tools to actually deal with rising gas prices, food prices, furniture prices, used car prices, hell, prices across the board, they're extremely limited. And on several of his other initiatives, gun control, <laughs> citizenship for illegal immigrants brought to the U.S., voting rights, you mean voting gifts, there seems to be no legislative path forward due to Republican opposition and Democrat resistance to attempt to change the filibuster. So the re-emphasis on domestic affairs comes amidst a sobering backdrop for Gropey Joe. His job approval ratings are at historic lows. They're not improving. They're only getting worse. He may have received a couple of higher marks for foreign policy from foreign policy experts, fellow world leaders, and Republicans, however, know that he is a joke. Inflation, it is souring Americans' view of Joe Biden's economy and his piss-poor handling of that economy. His poll numbers with critical Democrat base voters are particularly worrisome for party officials. A Marist poll found that only 34% of Generation Z and Millennial voters approve of Joe Biden's current job performance a Marquette Law School poll found that the percentage of black voters who approve of Biden's handling of the presidency has dropped another 12 points since November. Democrat House of Representatives member Emmanuel Cleaver said, A segment of the Democrat base blames Biden for Republican recalcitrance. Black voters have criticized Biden for an inability to pass voting rights legislation. It have nothing to do with Biden interests and willingness to fight for the Voting Rights Act. Cleaver surmised that Biden probably had more meetings with Joe Manchin, the most prominent Democrat standing in the way of filibuster reform, than he's even had with his own first lady. Passing a smaller version of the Build Back Broke Better plan might be a huge lift to Biden, but selling what Democrats have already passed is equally imperative. I wish I could put up signs all over the country. Pardon our progress. We's rebuilding a nation. Most Democrats would like for the president to be out in the nation more, but hopefully most Democrats like me are also fully aware that we have a crisis in Eastern Europe. Really? Let me tell you something, my friends. Nobody gives a flip in the Democrat party about what's going on in the Ukraine. Now, they may be stupid enough to believe for some moment in time that some of the higher prices have something to do with it, but you've got to be really ignorant to not look at the simple, factual economic data, the numbers that are out there as plain as the eye can see. Inflation began 
almost immediately after the November election that questionably put Mr. Biden into the presidency. And they have risen steadily ever since. Now at a 40-plus year high for inflation, interest rate hikes. Empty shelves, Joe. This is all Joe Biden's fault. And for five straight months, we have been at record-setting inflation in this country. A White House spokesman named Andrew Bates said, while rallying the world against Vladimir Putin's appalling invasion of Ukraine and inflicting unprecedented costs on Russia, the president has also taken further action on his economic agenda for the American middle class. The president also continues to work with a wide range of lawmakers on a reconciliation plan that would cut the cost of prescription drugs, energy, and child care while lowering the deficit even more and fighting inflation for the long haul, as well as a landmark bill to strengthen our competitiveness with regard to China. I'll translate that for you. While trying to blame Vladimir Putin and the invasion of the Ukraine and putting a few sanctions, which he, Joe Biden himself said, don't really work, the president has taken further action on his economic agenda to hurt the American middle class, working class, and yes, even the evil upper class. He is proposing taxes on everything and everybody as far as the eye can see, except for those who vote Democrat. Yes, he's going to pander and meander and ramble and rumble, and nothing will get done. The president will continue to work with a wide range of lawmakers who agree with him by nodding their head up and down and making him feel good about himself on another shot at the Build Back Broke plan, which failed and failed miserably because it had so much tax and spend and tax and tax again agenda within it that it would hurt the American pocketbook. It would not reduce the cost of prescription drugs to the point where they were reduced under Donald Trump. It will do very little to reduce the cost of energy because Joe Biden screwed the whole energy sector over day one in office. And yes, he may help with some childcare initiatives in the hood, in the neighborhoods, but it's not going to lower the deficit. It's not going to fight inflation for the long haul. And this landmark bill to strengthen our competitiveness, competitiveness rather, with regard to China, he's going to put sanctions on China. Whoop-de-doo. Remember, it was Joe Biden who said sanctions don't work, but I'll put them on there anyway. If and when the Democrats are unable to pass the rest of Biden's joke economic proposals before November, their best only shot at maintaining any power in Congress might be to reset the focus domestically and convince voters by lying to them that the Democrats have somehow helped the economy to recover as the nation emerges from the other blame game, the pandemic. Simon Rosenberg is a longtime Democratic operative who is advising campaigns and party committees to ramp up now. He says Democrats have one overriding political communications priority now. We have to convince voters that things are better because of our time in power. If people come to believe by this summer that things are better, we will be competitive in the fall. If they don't believe, we won't be competitive in the fall. So here it is in a nutshell, my friends. Come up with a consistent lie 
repeat it on every liberal news outlet and say it over and over and over again, and half the American people might be dumb enough to believe you. All right, well, let's see. Here's another article about Biden. Here's an article that says the highest number of migrants in 22 years is hitting our southern border. A new surge of migrants have arrived at the U.S.-Mexico border, the highest number in 22 years. This comes as the Biden administration prepares to lift Title 42, which would allow migrants to request asylum at ports of entry without a special exemption, which is currently required, and could lead to even more migrants arriving very soon. This from NBC News on the Today Show site. They're actually admitting it. Title 42 hasn't been lifted yet, and the largest number of migrants in 22 years is ramming their way through right now. You've got to be kidding. And there's nothing negative being said about this? Even Focahontas herself, Elizabeth Warren, says Democrats must deliver more to avoid the midterm wipeout. She's cautioning Democrats of the brutal outcome to come in this fall's midterm elections. She wrote in a New York Slimes opinion editorial on Monday, quote, Democrats win elections when we show we understand the painful economic realities facing American families and convince voters we will deliver meaningful change. To put it bluntly, if we fail to use the months remaining before the elections to deliver on our agenda, Democrats are headed towards big losses in the midterms. Well, at least she understands the truth. For the Democrats, the truth is going to hurt. Polls are showing Biden's approval ratings dropping like a used condom in a 7-Eleven parking lot. And Warren, who lost the presidential nomination as a progressive, has been begging Biden and fellow Democrats to do more of what they said they would do. You know, move the nation even farther towards socialism, communism, farther to the left. She says, time is running short. We need to finalize the budget reconciliation deal, making giant corporations pay their share to fund investments vital in combating climate change and lowering costs for families, which can only advance with 50 Senate votes. Other priorities can be done with the president's executive authority. She says, it's no secret that I believe we should abolish the filibuster. But if Republicans want to use it to block policies that Americans broadly support, we should force them to take those votes in plain view, she says. Like many Americans, she says, I am frustrated by our failure, Democrats' failure, to get the big things done. Things that are both badly needed and very popular with Americans. Which Americans, Focahontas? The few you polled? She says, while Republican politicians obstruct many efforts to improve people's lives, and many swear loyalty to the big lie, the urgency of the next election bears down on us. Democrats cannot bow to the wisdom of out-of-touch consultants who recommend that we simply tout our accomplishments. Why? You have no accomplishments to tout, Elizabeth Warren. The Democrats have nothing to tout, nothing to brag about. Instead, Democrats, she says, needs to deliver more of the president's agenda, or else we will not be in the majority much longer. Well, at least she knows the truth. And for her and the Democrat Party, it looks like the truth will hurt and hurt them badly in the midterms. A couple quick stories uh, that I thought you might be interested in. Michigan kindergartner brings tequila to school and shares it with classmates. All right, getting them started early. 
Woman says she crashed into a Georgia liquor store because her boyfriend broke up with her. Well, I guess that's the answer to everything. And finally, from the steering wheel, a woman arrested after purposefully crashing a car into another vehicle to prevent her child from being taken to the hospital. This one's funny. This girl looks like a coked out version of our vice president. A woman has been arrested after purposely crashing her car into another car to prevent someone from taking her baby to the hospital. Oh, my God. Shaquivia Kirkendall, an African-American 22-year-old woman, was charged with injury to a child and aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Police got a 911 call about a major crash at an apartment complex. When they got there, they discovered the crash was not an accident but was intentional. The occupants of one of the vehicles involved says they were trying to leave the complex with a five-month-old boy to take him to the hospital after they discovered he had been injured by the mama, of course. Police say Miss Kirkendall then intentionally rammed her vehicle into the other one to keep the person from taking her injured child to the hospital. Police say the child's injury from the accident was the result of a previous abuse and not related to the crash. Taken to a local hospital, the driver of the vehicle was taken to the hospital, released. Kirkendall has been booked into the jail. Her bond has not been set. She deserves to have her child taken away from her. And that's all the time I have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Back from the Easter break, and the stupidity continues. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed are free speech protected by the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. <laughs>